Hi, I'm Chrissy. I'm Joss. And you're listening to Breaking the Curtain, the podcast where we interview our theater idols and chat all about the history behind your favorite musicals. So sit back, relax, and and enjoy enjoy the episode. episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Breaking the Curtain. Hello. We are here today with a very exciting interview episode, and I'm so excited for this one because we got to interview one of my favorite people and Canadian theater legends, Miss Shalina Kennedy. Better yet, you got to interview Shalina. I am devastated that I could not be in the interview. I had a class and um, yeah, I'm sad because you know, Shalina Kennedy and the 60s are like, that is my thing. You know, and I really was sad for you and you were (laughs) missed, but honestly, I wasn't mad about it. I wasn't (laughs) mad about it. (laughs) During this interview, I'll tell you what we were talking about in a bit, but I was struck by the fact that in these interviews, we're talking to these wonderful big names in theater, but we're really just talking to theater kids who have made it, you know? They're people who love the art form Mm. and are so passionate about it and it's just fun to experience that you know that love that we all have at our core oh it was just it was a really sweet moment can I tell you this story Joss I don't know if I should I guess it's fine yeah right Right, so I had to go to the Mervish offices um Mervish is in Toronto I had to pick up something and I brought my two dogs with me in the stroller (laughs) and as I am going inside shalina kennedy is leaving and the dogs just start barking and i'm already like having a starstruck moment because i'm such a big fan i mean her carol king was so formative for me as it's everything canadian theater baby um i was like oh my god i have to i want to be her and then the dogs would just not (laughs) give up and i was so embarrassed but she is just the sweetest person ever. (laughs) She genuinely is. And our diehards will know this. This is not the first time that Shalina has joined us on Breaking the Curtain. It's not. So if you want to hear all about her time playing Carol King on the Broadway and beyond, uh, I think it was like episode 12 or something. It was like an early one from season one. Considering we're in like the 120s at this point, like, yeah, but she was one of the first theater people who granted us an interview and took us seriously at our very beginning. And so we are so grateful to her and so excited to have her joining us to talk about her new show, which is called A Sign of the Times. And Chrissy, this show seems like it would be right up your alley. I remember hearing about this and I I did message you and I was like, we have to go see this because it's going off Broadway. And now the casting, the casting for this show is phenomenal. And I really hope we do get to go see it because I just, I know I'm going to obsess over it. Oh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. So it follows the story of Cindy, who moves to New York City from a small town and basically has her eyes opened to everything that is going on in the 1960s. Uh, I'll let Shalina tell you about it a little bit later, but it seems like a very exciting show that covers a lot of important issues. And mm. it also features some of the best music of the 60s. We've got some Petula Clark, some Leslie Gore, some Mm. Dusty Springfield. It's honestly going to be... All my favorite ladies. (laughs) It's Chrissy's dream. It's my dream. And performances actually start on February 7th in New York City at New World Stages Off-Broadway. So if you are close to New York, you better go see this one because 
I would be there in a heartbeat if I was super close to it, you know? I mean, come on. Petula, Dusty, Leslie, Shalina, New World Stages. That is like all of my keywords. <laughs> and it's just, it's always exciting to see a new show, you know? Yeah. I love seeing stuff that's new. And I think now that I've actually been to New World Stages, I can say that I just love that venue. I love seeing things that are new that are inspired by old you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting, especially how a new show can dive back through these songs that we've all heard before yeah. and express them yeah. in a new and exciting way. Absolutely. I know. So Sign of the Times, New World Stages this February. And for now, here is the fabulous Shalina Kennedy to tell you all about why it should not be missed. Welcome back to Breaking the Curtain, Shalina. You were one of our first ever guests on Breaking the Curtain, and we are so excited to welcome you back to discuss your new show, Sign of the Times. <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you for having me. You're welcome genuinely anytime. <laughs> so A Sign of the Times is making its New York City debut at New World Stages next month. What can you tell us about this show? It's a really great show with a powerful and uplifting message. It is the story of this you know, girl who's born in a small town and um, she sort of defies the expectations of her community and she doesn't get married and she goes to New York and she becomes a photographer. And she meets this wonderful woman named Tanya. They become roommates. And the show's underlying message is really about feminism and it's about the civil rights movement. And, um, you know, and it all takes place in 1965 uh, and the score is fantastic. It's all, you know, famous songs from the time, like You Don't Own Me and don't sleep in the subway and all of these fantastic um and give me some loving all of these great songs uh some of my favorites actually <laughs> oh yeah honestly it's worth it yeah, it's worth the price of admission just for the for the music alone but the story is also really great absolutely and what a fantastic era just musically it's so rich but also historically there's so much happening in the mid to late 60s absolutely and you know um unfortunately a lot of the issues are still the same we're just seeing them in a different way. And so uh, it's interesting because we were talking about like, well, why now? Well, it's the perfect time for the show because not much has changed, you know, and, and we're still talking about pretty much all of the same issues, but just in different ways and at a different time. Um, so it's it's very, very relevant. And, you know, the, sh the show's gotten deeper over the years. Like I've been involved with it almost since the beginning, uh, since the very first readings that they did. And um, it was amazing to see kind of what you know, what they were able to accomplish over the, I don't know, seven years that they've been working on it, eight years. And especially during the pandemic, they deepened the story so, uh, so much and in such a, a thoughtful and mindful way that I'm, I'm just really proud of the show. Yeah, I was reading that you've been involved with the show kind of from very early on in the process and that it's been in development for a while. What can you tell people about the process of developing new work and being involved with it from stage to stage? Well, developing new work is my favorite thing to do. It's literally my favorite thing to do, whether it's my show or somebody else's show, uh, whether I'm acting in it or doing something else. Uh, it's it, it's so much fun. I mean, it's it's uh, <laughs> challenging at times because, as you know, it can take years for a new show to get a first production. Um, you know, uh, and so we had a production at Goodspeed. There was a production at Delaware. And now finally we've made it to New York. And it's wonderful to sort of like seeing a baby get birth and you know, take its first steps. And now the baby's like, you know, 
crawling and walking. And now sort of New York is like, all right, it's running. Here we go. Running its first race. It's exciting. What are you like the most excited about for New York audiences to experience with this? Well, I I think the hopeful message of the show, truthfully, like I, I really am excited for all of my friends and colleagues and for strangers to come and see it and to hear what they have to say about it and to see what kind of conversation it sparks. And um now I'm quite moved by it and I'm really curious to know whether, you know, if people will feel the same way that I do about it. I never thought of it that way, but that must be very exciting with a new show because you don't know what people are going to think about or say or what conversations it could spark. Yeah, exactly. There are so many wonderful musicals that are set in the 1960s, which you, of course, starred as Carol King in Beautiful, which takes place through part of the 60s as well. What do you think it is about this era that makes it so rich for being transitioned to the stage? Oh, that's a really interesting question. You know, I, I mean, I think, like you said, there was a lot going on, but also, you know, it was a it was a complicated time, but it was always I mean, it was also simpler than what we're living now. I mean, people didn't have cell phones. People, it's funny, I saw this comedian talk about mindfulness the other day and they were like, well, you know, we didn't walk around with these devices. So just the nature of like going on a bus, you were just on a bus. You weren't like watching TV on the bus. (laughs) You're just eating, you're just eating. Like mindfulness was built into everyday living. And I think the way that they made music and the way that they protested and, you know, all of that, it was just, just took, um, so much more organization and so much more effort to do what they did because they didn't have the ease of the device and of the, these, you know, complicated kind of systems helping them along every step of the way. Um, and I think, you know, you can hear in the music, like I used to talk about this a lot when I did Beautiful, the way that they all got together in California and created this sound and, and they all played on each other's albums. Like, you know, Joni Mitchell would go and sing backup for Carol and James Taylor would play guitar and then she'd go over and, you know, play piano on his album just down the street at his studio. <laughs> it's just so weird. They all partied together. They're like kids together. They all get married. And it was just a sort of beautiful, whether they intended it or not, this sort of communal way of making music and of living. Mm-hmm. And it was less about the I and the solo artist. And it was more about the we and our sound and what we're trying to do with with everything. And that sort of bled into relationships and music and society and, you know, uh, um, political movements. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. It was a bit of a smaller world. It was able to be closer knit. People were able to be more passionate and direct about what was in front of them because they were focusing on what was in front of them, right? There also wasn't the risk too. So interestingly, I've been thinking a lot about you know today's society and about the risks that we take, even just you know voicing the simplest things on social yeah. media because so much of what we can or what we say can get taken the wrong way or you know get posted to a gazillion people without our consent or whatever and 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 you know back in the day it was it was a very different thing um so I don't know if that made them bolder or what, but it's it's interesting to think about you know like <laughs> you think a lot. <laughs> It really is. And you must think about it a lot doing a show that's set in the 60s and having to kind of put yourself into a place that is decades ago. Yeah. And we forget like the most basic things like those things, but also like what you just said about it was decades ago and things were very different. Like you could not just go and get a bank account if you were a woman. Mm -hmm. Like there were basic things that we just take for granted all the time that we, we would not have been able to do back in the day. 
and and you know there's and there's this, <laughs> some scenes about that and there are you know we sort of take things for granted and we forget and then when we're face to face with the issue it's like oh right i forgot you know um and I'll, of course racism is still you know are very much yeah alive in the world today and uh you know that has not changed but uh you know it's interesting to think about how far we have come you know because of mm-hmm. these very brave people who stood up and fought for what they believed in and um mm-hmm. it's just reminded me uh how precious freedom is and how precious some so many of the things that we take for granted are yeah and how lucky we are to have people who are you know leaders who are brave and who yeah. Want. Risk the price. Yeah. Like, really do. It's a life and death thing that I forget about all the time. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not just a game. It's not just this fun thing that we go to and we chant and we post about it on social media. It's like, this was, they could get shot. I mean, and it's still the same thing for people today. It's just, it's in a different way. And Yeah. And I have so much admiration for people who do that, who are able to be just, they have this bravery and they're able to go and show up and take that risk. Well, and there, there is this incredible scene in the show, which is, you know, it's like if you I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but there's the line like if you if you love me, you would stay. And he says, you know, it's not my scene, but, you know, it's because I love you that I go. And I just think that is one of the most beautiful. Things. I like that. <laughs> I hope they don't kill me that I thought that I said that because that might be a spoiler. But I just think it's one of the most beautiful lines and it might get cut. Who knows? Because it's a brand new show and things get cut all the time. But, <laughs> but I just think that message is is really incredible. And they've deepened very much, you know, like um, the character of Tom. You know, like uh, they've really deepened the message of the civil rights uh, movement in the show. And, you know, obviously the, the, the show was always very strong in terms of the, the feminist um, mm-hmm. perspective. But you know, they really understood that they needed to go further with some of the other messages and some of the other characters. And it's really fleshed out now uh, in a wonderful way. That's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I love shows that take on these topics and bring them in front of an audience because it creates conversation. I think um, we talk about Jagged Little Pill a lot. It has so many different issues and you leave talking about them and how they relate in the world now and changes that can be made in your personal life. And I think something like A Sign of the Times, which is also tackling a lot of important issues, you know, will spark similar conversations. I hope so. I mean, that's the goal (laughs) to inspire and to provoke, you know, conversations and change. Thanks. Yeah. When it comes to your character, Cindy, what can you tell us about her character journey? Well, she starts out uh, pretty naive. You know, she's Mm -hmm. from a small town. She hasn't had a lot of experience, but she, uh, she's smart and she is brave and she, uh, she has a lot of guts and I respect that about her. And she does a lot of, she has a huge journey over the course of the show. (laughs) It's only a year, but she goes, you know, she changes dramatically from beginning (laughs) to end. And, you know, she, obviously she meets Tanya and Cody, uh, who's, um, an activist and, um, uh, and a bunch of other people, Ryan, who she starts, uh, sorry, Brian, who's played by Ryan. That's confusing in rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> but she meets all, all these very worldly people who teach her um, how she wants to move through the world. And she, uh, you know, she learns some good lessons along the way. And I got to tell you, you know, working with these people, it's so wonderful. Like Crystal Lucas Perry, I just, I'm such a fan of hers. <laughs> she, <laughs> Uh, you know, she, uh, she's been involved for a very long time and, and, uh, she's just wonderful. And so is Ryan Silverman and then Akron, my God, I've never worked with Akron before. I just think he's amazing. The whole team is just phenomenal and the cast is great. Yeah. It looks like a fantastic group. 
really. <laughs> yeah. We touched on this a little bit earlier, but the musical is packed with some of the best songs of the era. Do you have a favorite one that you get to perform in the show or a song that maybe your castmates perform? Is this a hard yeah. question? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know. I know. It actually, it's been harder in other shows, but this one's really easy. Um, but my favorite sh- a song to sing is You Don't Own Me. I just think it's such a powerful song yeah. and message. And where it happens in the show is really wonderful. And feeling the voices of those incredible women backing me up is is really phenomenal. Mm. And then my favorite song of all time that is in the show, and I'm so glad they didn't cut it, is uh, I Only Want to Be With You. I don't know why, but that song is a bop, and I cannot get enough of it. Oh, those are fantastic. <laughs> you know, hold on me, you know, and happens to be true. I only want to be with you. Oh, God, I can't get enough of it. I play it all the time. Oh, that's fantastic. So many of these songs are just so catchy. It's like, you know, people will be leaving the theater singing. Yes, totally. And there's a thing them, like, that's just my favorite, but like, don't say it was that way. Like, there are people yeah. up in the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we actually selected a question to ask you from one of our listeners on Instagram. So this is from at Broadway Figure Skater, and they want to know what inspired you to write and create the musical Wild About You? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, that's and it's so sweet of you to bring that up because, yes, I have. Uh, I have co-written the show Wild About You. I wrote the music and lyrics. And honestly, you know, I had written a solo album however many years ago it was. And um, uh, I I was a bit shy about my music. And I was running a theater company at the time. And um, the artistic director and the executive director took me aside and said, hey, we think that you should write a song cycle based on your album. And I was like, terrible idea. No. I said, next idea, forget about it. And then the next day, they literally came back and they were like, listen, just give it a try and see how it goes. I said, okay, but if it's terrible, you have to tell me and stop me from embarrassing myself. (laughs) So I put this thing together and I didn't know if it would go anywhere. I just thought, well, you know, they thought that there was a story there. And so I said, well, sure. And I pieced a few ideas together. And then, um, I mean, the album, listen, my, my solo album was deeply personal. Like it was about my life. It was about this period of time in my life where I had a lot of heartache. Um, and then I brought um, Eric Holmes on board, who's one of the writers on The Good Fight uh, and Smash. And he was, I got introduced to him through a mutual friend who's actually the resident director on Beautiful on Broadway at the time. And, you know, he just happened to have a week off from writing the writer's room. And he took a listen to the album and he was like, oh my gosh, like I connect so much to this music. I know exactly what it has to be. And he wrote the script overnight. I remember sitting on my parents' couch and I was bawling going oh my gosh this person totally gets me gets my music and knows exactly what this should be so it was sort of a combination of like the inspiration of that music which was deeply personal and then eric taking that and turning it into the thing that it is now and it just kept evolving over the last sort of five years that's incredible yeah and it's coming <laughs> up in the uk right yes, yes. it is yeah. in at the end of merch uh starring eric cormack and a bunch of other wonderful people yeah perfect all right. We'll make sure to link that so that people can go and find that as well, as well as Sign of the Times. We'll make yeah. sure that's all in our little bio there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no worries. And we are wrapping up to our last question of the day. So this is my favorite question to ask people who are in shows. So in your words, why should people come and see a Sign of the Times at New World Stages this February? Uh, I think people should come, A of all, for a good time. And be of all if they want to feel uplifted and inspired. Isn't that the perfect combination for a musical? <laughs> what we all hope to do, right? It's like, it's not a downer, but it also has like something to say. 
And yeah. I'm like, I'm just I'm, I'm like, kudos to you guys for like figuring that out. That is so hard to do because sometimes like too heavy. It's like, oh God, so depressing. I mean, which is also fine because we need those pieces as well. And then sometimes it's just like fluffy, which is also great. But this <laughs> piece lands right in the middle and it's it's fabulous. Yeah, I find my favorites often land right in the middle. So that is fantastic. Yeah. So well said. All right. <laughs> that is perfect. Thank you again for joining us today for this little interview. As you know, we think you're absolutely fantastic. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Come see us.